Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Wouldn't it be great if we could just pay people to get saved? You know, don't we have loved ones that are not saved? Wouldn't it be great? How much? What is this? Oh, she's, she's $39.95. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll pay that. Boom. Stamp. You're saved. Wouldn't that be great? But listen, God's not a pimp. You can't prostitute salvation. Just pay this and you'll go free. Are you hearing me? A Christian can't think that way. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcasts. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. In John chapter 16, verse 5, the Bible tells us, But now Jesus said, I go away. I'm leaving you guys to him who sent me. And none of you will ask me, where are you going? But because I have said this, these things to you, sorrows filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the word is paracleto, paracletos, the Holy Spirit, he will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world, watch this, of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. If God is convicting you, my friend, you need to make a decision right now for Jesus. Don't let your heart grow callous. And of righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. It's a declaration. Jesus Christ literally was born in Bethlehem, actually lived, trafficked up and down the Galilee into uh, Judea. 33 and a quarter years the entire Roman Empire, believers and unbelievers alike, both religious and civic, watched his crucifixion. An actual, legal, recorded, secular event. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. That's not only recorded in the Bible. Rome had to cope with that. And even to this hour, the name of Jesus is a threat to unbelievers all around the world. Pagan governments, Godless nations, communist regimes, think about it. And by the way, those things don't have to be far, far away. It could be in your own home. I met a woman after last service. She says, I'm the only believer in my home. I come here for peace, study of the word, and then I go home and I get a whole mouthful of it all. There you go. How was it? Did you see God? Amazing. And then also, listen, we've been liberated, set free from sin that grieves us. Of course it grieves God, but it grieves us as well. There's no condemnation though in Christ Jesus any longer. This is a beautiful example. It's Acts chapter two. You gotta love this. The Holy Spirit, remember this. Jesus said, I'm leaving. I just read that moment ago. Yeah, I'm going. In Acts chapter one, he says, goodbye. When I, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the Father and he's gonna send the helper I was just talking to you about in John. In John's gospel, I'm gonna send the helper. And when he comes, 
You'll, you'll receive power. And um, that day that he came, by the way, the day the Holy Spirit came was the 50th day after Jesus had left. 50. Do you know what Pentecost means? 50. In some parts of the world, Pentecost, Pentecostal believers are called 50-day Christians. Isn't that cute? What do they believe in? They believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I guess I'm one of them. So Peter said, now Peter, this is, this is fisherman Peter. Up until now, he's done nothing but make mistakes. Do you know that? Open mouth, insert foot, Peter. But the Holy Spirit's come upon him. Just moments ago, watch what happens. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart, convicted, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's the answer, everybody. What do I do about what I'm hearing? Not, when are you going to shut your mouth so I can get out of here, pastor? And you harden your heart. It's not me. You're looking at the truth of God. What will you do when God says, I found you out? These guys were tender enough to say, what do we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. Everybody gets offended at this. What do you mean repent? The word, the word simply means change your mind. Your, your mind has been going the wrong way. Change it. Change your mind. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Is that awesome? Amazing and beautiful. Isaiah 45, verse 22. I love this verse. <laughs> Isaiah 45, 22. I'm going to read it in the Geneva Bible, 15... 99 Geneva Bible 1599 this is the Bible by the way that the pilgrim fathers when they sailed over from Europe to Plymouth they had this Bible look unto me and you shall be saved this is God speaking through Isaiah look unto me and you shall be saved all the ends of the earth shall be saved for I am God and there is none other don't you love this this is God speaking God is saying watch Hey, the whole world, look to me. I want to save you, everybody. And then look, look unto me individually. Look unto me, be saved. Hey, whole earth, world, look to me and be saved. I want to ask you something. How much money does it cost you to look? You know what the thing is about looking? You have to have a will. Wouldn't it be great if we could just pay people to get saved? You know, don't we have loved ones that are not saved? Wouldn't it be great? How much? What is this? Oh, she's, she's $39.95. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll pay that. Boom. Stamp. <laughs> You're saved. Wouldn't that be great? But listen, God's not a pimp. You can't prostitute salvation. Just pay this and you'll go free. Listen, I'm stepping on some toes pretty heavy right now. Just pay this and you can do that. Are you hearing me? A Christian can't think that way. You know why? The Holy Spirit wouldn't allow it. The thought might enter your mind, but then he says, knock it off. And you take the conviction and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. That was terrible. 
Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. On the blood of Jesus, I thank you, God. Amen. And you're free. Okay? But he doesn't take his gospel and monetize it. No, you know what? How in the world? It's got to be relational. You got to want to. You got to be willing. You got to see the answer. So look unto me. Legalists get upset with that verse in Isaiah. It's got to be more difficult than that. For you, it is. For me, I'm going to look. It's amazing. Next, he frees us from the burdens that lead to suffering. Christian, you don't need to be carrying burdens that, have you, that you have installed upon yourself in your relationship with God. And I don't pray long enough. Okay, so tell me, show me, in the, show me where it says how many hours? Prayer is not something you do. Prayer is an attitude you have. Talk to God constantly. It's not for an hour. Why limit it to an hour? All the time. The Bible says just keep communicating with him without ceasing. I'm going to paraphrase this. You can write it down. Here's the address. It's Acts chapter 16, verses 22 to 31. This is what happened. Paul and Silas are preaching the gospel. They got in trouble. The religious leadership got a hold of the Roman Empire, and they said, we gotta, you got to shut these guys up. Created some story about them, got them arrested, and, put, and had them thrown in jail. And it says that they were ordered to be put in the stocks. We were in Boston, and they had... Do you guys know what stocks are? Do you know what that's like? Stocks, so your feet are here, and your hands are here in this wood, and you're hanging there. Let me tell you, I lasted 10 seconds. It's excruciating, painful, terrible. And they were there, and the Bible says that all the prisoners were there as well. And the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray. Can you imagine? Who knows what they said, but knowing Paul, it's something like, Lord, I hate these stocks. They hurt my body, but my life is more than my body right now. So you've got a plan for this because I'm going to later on write in the book of Hebrews, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. And apparently this is your purpose. So God, we're just asking you to show yourself what's up. What do you want us to say or do? And maybe Silas, it doesn't say, it says they began to sing songs. Can you imagine? Hey, you know what? I feel like we should sing some songs now. Can you imagine? Silas, you in pain? Total pain. Let's sing a song. Let's sing a song about that. They start singing a song in worship to God. And the Bible says an earthquake hit the prison. And it says all of the doors to the prison doors of all the prisoners opened up and all of their shackles fell off. The problem is, Paul and Silas, they, they were in stocks. Everybody's free, and they're singing. <laughs> this little light of mine. <laughs> and all the doors open up. And the jailer who's responsible sees what's happened, and a jailer in the Roman Empire, if prisoners got loose and you're the jailer, the Bible says that he pulled out a knife to kill himself. That's the right thing to do. 
because the Roman Empire would have tortured him to death for blowing it on the job. Can you imagine HR rules today? <laughs> Can you imagine in and out You didn't flip that right. You didn't flip that burger right. <laughs> that's what they did then. So the guys, that's it, I'm going to kill myself. They, they're all escaping. And, and Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. Why would a bunch of prisoners not run away? They were free to go. They stayed. And the jailer ran and fell down before them and said, what must I do to be saved? Let me tell you something right now. If God is going to move among his people, that will be the result. A lot of people talking about revival right now. We'll see. We have to wait and see. What I've seen in a lot of conversations is that people are experiencing church who have been deprived of church for years now, last couple of years, and now they're having church again. That's great. God bless, let's do it. And let's do it across the nation. But here's the thing. When you talk about revival, we need to be careful about what we're talking about. It's not about you feeling good. It's about you being revived. You know what? It, revival can only happen to believers. Did you know that? You never want to have the world revived. <laughs> That's not a good thing. All you have to do is go to Sacramento to figure that one out. You don't want the world revived. You want the church revived. And when the church is revived, it gets so beautiful that you can sing songs at midnight and the world says, what must we do to be saved? Revival leads to an awakening. Don't ever confuse it. Revival must lead to awakening and revival must have holiness. And the world will say, I want what you have. By the way, the whole country can be lost, but you personally can have a revival all by yourself. As you walk with Jesus, you can have it. You can be, you can be in that prison and have a revival. And you'll affect other people everywhere you go. Listen, he, re, he takes away our sorrows that would tend to consume us. There is no condemnation. You have the sentence lifted from you. You're no longer ordered to prison. It's been lifted. We also know that we should and ought not to worry Worry that blinds us. You know why you can't see God's favor sometimes, Christian? You know why you're not celebrating and enjoying the fact that you're not condemned, you're liberated and free? It's because you worry. And when you worry, listen, we all know this. When you worry, it blinds you to the reality of things that are right in front of you. It's hard to trust God when you're worrying. And you're not going to have any peace when you're worrying. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm just worried sick about that thing. Trust God. Oh, I trust the Lord. I'm just worried sick about that thing. <laughs> Dude, you got to pick one. Worry will blind you. You're a Christian. You're going to heaven. But you've been derailed and hindered. Yesterday, I had a chance to speak to a great gathering of Christian children's ministers from all over. In fact, they, some from Japan and Canada and Australia. It was amazing. And the passage of scripture I used when was Jesus said, forbid not the little children to come to me. And that word, uh, forbid not, is don't put, 
don't put stumbling blocks in front of the little kids so that they, it's hard for them to get to me. Don't you love that about God's heart? God says, don't put, don't put an obstacle course between me and kids. They need to be able to run straight to me. What's wrong with you guys? And he was rebuking his disciples. Peter, you bozo, what are you doing? Don't do that. Don't hold the kids back. James, back off. Let the kids come straight to me, you guys. Come on. It's awesome. I would love to have seen that. God doesn't want any hinder, hindrances. He doesn't want any stone walls between you and him. We're going to meet that woman who was caught in the act of adultery. We're going to meet her in heaven. Can you imagine? Say, hey, I read about you in chapter 8, John's gospel. <laughs> what was that? How'd that come down? She'll say, can you imagine? She'll say, do you know I was this close to being stoned to death? And here's the thing, Jack. They would have been completely justified in stoning me to death because that's what the law said. But the moment I saw Jesus, he looked up. When he looked at me, when he looked at me, I knew something was coming. I didn't know what, but I knew with one look he was going to do something. And just with his actions and his words, he rescued me. And I determined right then and there, I'll never be the person I used to be. I don't want to be that person anymore. I want him to have all of me. And he told me to get up and go live my life. And I lived the rest of my life for him. Can you imagine the story she's going to show? She's going to be able to point out to people. You see all those people, they, come to, they came to Christ because of what Jesus did in my life. What about the thief on the cross? who was guilty of all kinds of crimes, at the last minute, get saved. What kind of stories? He's going to hear from people for eternity. People are going to be saying, I was on my deathbed and somebody read me your story. And I gave my heart to Christ just like you did in that last moment. And then we'll end here. It's freedom from fear. Fear produces hopelessness, people. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. This Jack Kemp's podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener-supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected.